What's up, everyone? It's the World Cup Final Preview on the Main Stand Podcast. I'm Josh. Pat's with me here today. Um, no Mitch. He's spending time with some family, so we're here tucking in on a duo episode. Mm. We can, we can. Uh, I mean, before we tuck really like too heavy into the the final, what are your semifinal takeaways, Josh? What what did the two semifinal games kind of show you? Um, Morocco surprised me a little bit. I think they hung with France. I mean, they give up an early goal, but they were pretty good. I mean, they offensively were better, a lot better than I thought they would. They pressured France quite a bit. Yeah, I thought they were unlucky not to come away with at least a goal, honestly. That bicycle kick would have been a wild goal. That would have been gold. Oh, my God, yeah. But, I mean, more more than just the bike, too. They, like, they were creating chances really well. They were getting down the, the flanks of France really well. Um, yep. Testament to France's back four. Kanate channeled his inner Virgil van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, Kanate had a really good game for France. And they were, like, literally – Morocco was on the line a couple times. There was that one, I think, in the second half that was cleared off the line that was so close. Um, yep. Yeah, no, yeah, they're impressive. unlucky to not get a goal there. Um, France, I never saw France losing to Morocco, though, if I'm being honest, and that's no disrespect to Morocco. They just have too much gas on offense, and yeah. when you give up an early goal, too, because I, I thought the first half was going to end in a draw. I thought it was going to be kind of a slow burn. Um, when France get an early goal like that, it's it's done so pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, a last last note on that game, and then we can go touch on on uh, Argentina and Croatia. But the uh, it was impressive to see Morocco switch their game plan the way that they did, mm-hmm. go a goal down, and then really start taking the game to France. A lot of teams kind of crumble yep. when they have to do that. Um, but Morocco played really well. But also just like you know, big big credit to France. That what a side that they are there, man. To get the two back to back World Cup finals is nothing nothing to scoff at at all uh extremely impressive side um it's gonna be a really good game on sunday but moving over uh this game probably more more me than you in (laughs) in terms of paying attention to it and you know wanting to talk about it but uh god man what a game for my two argentines man what a game for julian alvarez who is honestly messi got man of the match but messi even said julian was man of the match what a game from Alvarez um, and just Argentina in general. I think Argentina's midfield has probably been the best in the tournament. Um, that I mean, run, that run Julian Alvarez made, that, that second goal was just fucking magnificent. Just ran straight, honestly. Just ran straight. No, but it was just like so the way he like catches the ball off the bounce and just slots it yep. in is just ama- yeah. amazing. Yeah, great. That's uh, a Sergio Aguero regen right there, man. I'm, I'm telling you, he's – yeah. He is the truth, and I, as a City fan, I'm very blessed to have him and Holland at the club. But we're not talking about City today. We're talking about Argentina. We're all Argentina <laughs> for like four minutes, and then we'll talk about the final. Um, really impressed, again, with the forwards. The forwards were great. The midfield was great. Uh, special shout-out to Molina on Argentina's right. I think he has been industrious uh, at the right-back spot for Argentina. And I was really impressed with Tagliafico, too. I actually thought the left was going to be a, a, a place of concern for Argentina in this game with how good Acuna has been throughout the tournament. But Tagliafico came in and played a really, really good game, too. Um, See, yeah, I thought, Mol- looked- I thought Molina was going to have a tough time going up against Perisic, and he dealt with him pretty well. So. Yeah, he did great. I think he's been one of the better fullbacks at the tournament, too. Um, yeah, scored Odomendi. a goal against uh, the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think he scored the, he scored the, first, the first, right? One. First or second? Yeah. yeah. Odomendi's been great at the back too. I think Argentina have been really solid, man. I've, I was, I was super impressed with them, but I equally I was unimpressed with Croatia. 
Yeah. So uh, you did send something in the in the group chat though that you you thought it was a, a matter of Argentina playing good. Do you think Croatia were bad on the night? I think it was a kind of a mix, man. Like uh, that Croatian team, like they had plenty of control of the ball and they had the opportunities to kind of take the game to Argentina and really make the tempo what they wanted the game to be kind of like the way we've been seeing them play throughout the tournament. But like when they fell behind, um, they didn't really ever look like getting back into the game. And I don't know if that's, they just don't have the quality up top. And it was the first defense that they played against. That was like, it's weird to say this because they beat Brazil, but like, really like top class just in terms of the way they've been playing throughout the tournament. This The Argentine, Argentine defense has been incredible. Um, and it just didn't really ever feel like Croatia did enough to shake them. The possession they had, it was very slow buildup. They weren't really moving the ball particularly quick, to like shifting the Argentine defenders left or right. Yeah. It was very slow. And, and that kind of played into Argentina's hands. Um, most of their goals came from quick transitions. I mean, there was the penalty, obviously, which that was a pen. It was a stonewall pen for anybody out there who thinks it wasn't. That was a penalty. Um, he roofed it, too. Yeah. Oof, what a what a pen. Uh, but it, it's tough, man. I mean, for Croatia, that is. Uh, and then, you know, also Messi turning the best defender of the tournament inside out. Yeah, that to was tough. Player. I mean, he's a young guy. Yeah, what are you going to do? It's, it's Messi. Messi's probably going to do that to anyone. Uh, it's hard, it's hard, man. It, it's like you can't tell him he did anything wrong because he didn't. Yeah, that's the worst part about that goal. If you're Garvey doll, it's like you showed him to the outside, you got him on his right foot, you forced him to the byline, you didn't let him cut inside, and he still <laughs> makes something Just... magical. I think this was a little bit too of like Croatia maybe running a little bit out of luck on defense. I think before this they conceded like two goals on or three goals on an xga of like seven point eight or something. Um, so it was probably about time that they had a few go past them. It's the first time I think, I think Croatia have only lost by multiple goals in two out of their last 40 matches. So this is a little bit of an, an anomaly. This Argentina side can do that to you. Um, I don't know. Argentina, it's a weird one for me. I was so sold on them before the tournament. They were my winner. Um, this was actually, I predicted the final correctly too, but Argentina were my winner. And that Saudi Arabia game just kind of killed things for me, especially that first half against Mexico too. And they've been building. I think they've scored like at least two goals in every game since Saudi Arabia. They've been building form. They've been getting better, but something still just kind of rubs me the wrong way about this Argentina side. Maybe it's kind of their squad being full of knobheads, but <laughs> I don't know. Something, something rubs me the wrong way that they're, there's still something missing about them. And I, I don't know how you say that after a 3-0 win against Croatia in pretty convincing fashion, but there's something that still tells me to just hold back on this team. I don't know, man. I, I think the Saudi Arabia loss was exactly what they needed, personally. I mean, you saw Sp- Spain in 2010 lose their first game, and then they went on to win the tournament. That's true. A lot of the times, I think when you're like that heavy favorite, you, either you're just winning outright because you are the favorite, or a, a loss in the first game can kind of spur you on. It's like a little bit of a reality check. I think they've played incredibly ever since that loss to Saudi Arabia. And, you know, more importantly, the loss to Saudi Arabia got Julian Alvarez to become the the, yeah. the real main guy at the top there. Last note on him, and then we can kind of tuck into the thoughts on the overall match. It's just a really cool little statistic about him. Um, 
he's been on the field and played some part, whether pass to a pass to a goal or directly scoring. I believe it's 10 of Argentina's 12 goals in the tournament. And all three of the goals Argentina have conceded in the tournament, at least in the knockout stages, I believe, have come with Julian Alvarez off the pitch. After he left the pitch, they've conceded. So his pressing definitely not like a, a quality of his to underrate. Um, I'm very, I've been really impressed with him. I think he's the young player of the tournament. And if he puts on a show in the final, he could argue, he could, he could make a case for being player of the tournament over Messi, in my opinion. Yeah. It depends on how big of an impact he has for sure. We have some interesting mm-hmm. kind of like long prediction um, plays here. I think Messi's in, in the running for getting the most assists at the tournament. He's on three right now. He's obviously, both him and Alvarez are in the race for the golden boot. Should one of them score one or get a brace. Mbappe, Giroud are obviously in that as well. So on top of like the picking the winner, there is some interesting long plays for who's going to get some of these final awards that are so like closely coveted right now. Mm. I think every player or every award, it, it obviously, but every award there is going to be won in this game. I don't think you can make any case for any other player. I think for me, the front runners for player of the tournament are Messi and Griezmann. Griezmann's been really good. That um, he set up the second goal, kind of. I mean, it was off his shot, but it was a great run. Uh, he's he's been everywhere. He's yeah. been like the heartbeat for this French team going forward. Uh, I've been super super impressed with Griezmann throughout this entire tournament. Um, I think, and it's it's him and Messi and Giroud are both on five. And then Alvarez is on four goals going into this game as well. So Golden Boot definitely up for grabs. I think ultimately, if there's an Argentine player that's going to win Golden Boot, it's probably going to be Alvarez, I would think, just with the way Messi's been playing these past few games. I think Alvarez has got a little bit more of the knack for getting in the front of the goal and actually putting it in the back of the net. Messi definitely there to create it. I think Messi could get an assist or two in this game if it's a high-scoring one. Um, But I think Alvarez would be my guy to – to put my money on or even Giroud. Cause if he just gets one, he's on six goals. And if Messi doesn't score, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is Giroud. Maybe I'm saying Giroud golden boot, Messi golden ball, Argentina win the game. Maybe that's how I'm feeling. We'll come back to me at the end. Interesting. I could see, I don't know how Giroud will do against that back line. I said that against England too. And he fucking scored. So who knows? I mean, I, the one thing about France is France did concede two penalties against England. Uh, they're not immune to anything like that. Messi's the pen guy. So, you have to look at that too when looking at the golden um the golden boot. So that's true. And yeah, France have been a little irrational at the back with some of their challenges. I think that's you know the sign of having some young guys back there, but yeah. they haven't been unbelievably composed. And I do think that's gonna play into Argentina's favor, um, in terms of just attacking the, the French box in this final here. Um who do you uh if like you, Pat Olette, and then who do you think will start? at center back for France with Rafael Varane. So your choice, and then who do you think will actually play? I think my choice will play, and that's Kanate. After the game he had, I think you have to start him. Impact in the game? A lot. I think he's going to be really important. I think so, too. I I don't know. Uh, Paul Meccano hasn't looked really comfortable in that back line, I would say, when he's played, which is how he's looked playing for Bayern, too. He just... I don't think he was the player that was sold uh, initially from no. RB Leipzig. Kanate uh, has come in there, and he, he's just a beast. He played unreal in that game um, against Morocco. I think he's going to have a massive part. I mean, he's already played in the Champions League final. I think he, you can trust him in the big moments. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do I think that's a big decision that. for France, though. So. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with all that stuff. I think the way that Argentina's front line moves, too, I think you need a forward who's a little bit more physical, a little more dynamic. He's got a little bit more pace to him um, in comparison to Opamakano. So I think that he just – he is what France need at the back to deal with the movement of players like Alvarez and Messi. Speaking of the movement of Alvarez and Messi, I think France let the Morocco guys kind of move around a little bit too easy. There was way too much space in kind of that defensive third between in the gap between the midfield and defense. Um, do you see Argent, Argentina kind of winning the possession battle? Do you see them getting the, the um, more of the chances, I should say? And how do you see France kind of getting at this Argentina team? I think France more or less are going to have to hit Argentina on the break. I do think Argentina are going to be a little bit more comfortable in possession in this game. I think we saw France really get at Morocco in transition. When Morocco started taking the game to them, you have the pace of guys like Mbappe. You have the ability to use Giroud as an outlet to then get got, to get then get runners in behind. You have Griezmann, who's just doing all the dirty work in those little half spaces at, at the halfway line to just keep the attack flowing. Um, yep. No, I do think that for France to like really to win this game for the most part, at least for me and the way I've seen them play, I do think that it's really going to be decided in the, in the way they transition and, and how they break against this Argentina side. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think uh, Argentina is going to kind of carry most of the ball. I don't think they're going to do much with it though, because France are a harder team to break down. I think this one goes scoreless for a long time. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to come down to the big players. I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say. Um, as a prediction but that's what world cups are man they're one in the big moments um we've saw two out of the last three world cups finish in lone goals and extra time um mm-hmm. so you kind of have to expect that again what a big game this is for killian mbappe I, i'll add as well um talk about a legacy game winning two world cups yeah. by the time you're 23 years old and he has mm-hmm. the guile to do it man he's uh oh yeah he's cold as they come I like Mbappe to score in this game. I like him to finish as the Golden Boot winner too. He's been my pick early in this tournament. Um, I don't know. I just think he has that X factor. I'm not saying guys like Giroud or Messi don't because they obviously do, but I just like Mbappe in this game. His pace, his endurance, he's young. Um, I'm going to ride with those guys instead of the older ones here just because I see this one going 120 minutes, by the way, too. I don't see there being a breakthrough before that. I have got a little bit of a different view on this game. Um, I think the way that Argentina have been playing, um, they have a goal in them in in regular time. I think it's really, really hard to keep those guys out of scoring positions, and I think it's equally difficult to keep them from scoring in general. Um We've seen a really solid defense in Croatia and a really solid defensive side in the Netherlands, both ship two goals to this Argentina team in regular time. Um, I do think that this game will be settled in 90 minutes. And I think it's going to come down to a goal. However, I I think France get one, but I think Argentina get two. Um, We've seen when Argentina score, they really do tend to like put their foot to the gas, so to speak. Um, so I can see two quick Argentine goals and then and then a France one to try to kind of get back into the game. But yep. ultimately, like I said, I think it's going to be 90 minutes. I, I think Argentina are going to come away the winners. Um, that being said, I think, in my opinion, 
Mbappe is not going to be France's most important player um, in this game, just in terms of the overall game plan. I think it's going to come down to can Giroud win the battle with the Argentine center backs and cause as much of a problem as the big guys for the Netherlands did in that almost comeback. Because we saw how much Otamendi and Lissandro Martinez at the time and Romero to an extent, he's a little bit bigger than the other guys, but we saw how much those two struggled with just the size of those Dutch forwards. Um, yeah, that's true. I think Giroud can be that guy and really get into them physically and then make it a, a battle in the box. I think Giroud is going to play a really, really big role in France's uh, France's attack for this game. I think he's going to be the one to score the French goal, and I think he's going to be the main threat. Because um, I do think that Argentina's uh, wingbacks have the pace and the wherewithal to keep with Mbappe, and then you add in guys like Enzo Fernandez and Leandro Paredes. I think that there will be enough help with Mbappe um, yeah. that this game really is going to be on Giroud and, and if Griezmann can break them down. I don't hate that. I, I usually stray away from forward scoring in big games like this just because, like, I don't know, when you're dealing with a, a back line, like the unit that is Argentina at the back. Right. It Forwards, I feel like, just never score in the big games. It's always like a an outer outside player or a midfielder and they're scoring a goal kind of on the edge of the box. Maybe there's kind of like a one to finish inside the six yard line. Uh, I just always stray away from big guys scoring. I could be very well wrong because Giroud has all the, the necessary tools. Um, right. This is the fourth world cup or the fifth, fifth world cup meeting. I think between these two sides, um, I think Argentina have won all three. Oh, they won two out of three, and then... They got pumped in 2014. Correct. 2018, sorry. 2018. Um, yeah. I'm, this Argentina side... I, butcher, I butchered that stat. The main stand is not a logistics a company yeah. still. Um, this, uh, th- this rematch <laughs> is definitely different than 2018, though. If you look at that Argentina team in 2018 to this team in 2022... It is night and day. They had Mascherano in the midfield still. That's true, yeah. yeah. He was ancient back then, too. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, France man. Have, okay, so do. France have only won three of the previous 12, so not a great record um, against Argentina. You could put that in their favor. Right now, um, in terms of like the odds, they're split right down the middle. They have even odds to win. I, I do, and I'll, I'll send this one to you, Pat, because you're the messy guy. How much of like um, Messi's aura and stuff plays into this game? Like in in terms of your decision, is this like a Messi aura game where you're just like you have the Messi hat on, you expect him to just fucking put on a performance and win the game? Um, in a yes and no because I had this hat on in the Copa America final and it came down to Di Maria winning them that game That's and true. Messi really didn't have the best final um, against Brazil in the Copa America. However. This tournament feels drastically different. Um, I do think this Messi's aura, so to speak, plays a part in it, but I think it plays more of a part in the Argentine dressing room than it does for France and how France are going to react to him and how Messi's even going to play. We've seen every Argentine player in their interviews not only saying how important this game is to Argentina, but how much they want to win it for Leo. Mm. We've seen Paradis wearing a LM10 trucker snapback hat after every game. He's wearing a, a messy like piece of fan merchandise 
playing in the same team as this guy. So I think the Argentine players understand what it would mean to send Messi off with a World Cup. And I think Messi is very much up to the occasion and he's in unbelievable form. He's playing some of the best international ball we've seen him play ever. Yep. And this really could go down as an all-time campaign if they just come away with with the elusive one. Uh, that being said, I do not think this game affects Lionel Messi's legacy if they win or lose. That was my um, next question. What, what, if I he think, wins, it affects his legacy? Well, yeah, if he wins, it cements the yeah. status, I think, as the greatest player of all time. If he loses, for me, it does not change the fact that I think he's the best to ever play the game. Okay. I think it's a little bit of a uh, a LeBron syndrome to carry it, to compare it to American ball. You know, people want to say that LeBron's not the best for getting to, what is it, nine NBA championships or some shit like that. Ridiculous. Something, you know, you just carry your team all the way. And even though you don't win it, they like hold the fact that he got them all the way there against him. I think two World Cup finals in three years um, is a feat that, you know, most countries could only dream of, most players could only dream of. And, and Messi's done it two years in a row and, or, you know, Two, two of the last, not two years in a row, sorry, I misspoke yeah, there, but no. Two, not even cycles in a row. They they got bumped in the quarterfinals by France in 2018. But, you know, yeah. to do it in two of the last three World Cup cycles, I think is a testament to him. And I think this Argentine team is very much up for, you know, this game. And then I think they're going to do it for him. And I think that plays a really big part in, in how Argentina are preparing for this game and the mentality of the players going into it as well. Sat out of training today, I believe. Um, something in his foot. A little bit sore. He was I holding the hamstring. Yeah, I against uh, against Croatia. Yeah, I wouldn't He's play playing. too much into that. It's probably just a th- precautionary thing. But oh yeah, he he is on the pitch on Sunday. There is no doubt in my mind he is there. So on the reverse side of the ball, Mbappe, what does it do for his legacy? And this is like a way too early prediction thing of like, uh, where does this put him on like the Parthenon of players? Um, if he wins two World Cups by the time he's twenty three. I think it really does automatically catapult him into could this kid become the greatest of all time conversations immediately. Two World Cups by 23. Um, you know, I think Pele is the only other player player I can think of to win World Cups at that age. I think ultimately it's going to come down to his achievements at the club level as well. I think you can't overlook that. But I think to win two World Cups by 23 as like the main man for the side, mm-hmm. mind you as well, because like, you know, a lot of these French guys could win two World Cups in the span of 12 years, right? 12, 4, 8, 12? Yeah, 12 years. Yeah. Um, and it really, no, it would be eight years because, yeah, they they won last year. Yeah. Their last, last World Correct. Cup, whatever. We're not a logistics company. The point is, I think it does a lot for Mbappe's legacy just in terms of where people rank him as an all time great at the end of his career. Um, and yeah, I, I genuinely think it could it catapults him into discussion for is this kid one of the greatest of all time already? The only I, reason I, I say that too is because Pele did win those two World Cups in '58 and '62, and when people talk about Pele, he was really young during those. People forget that that wasn't like prime Pele. So like, it, if he does win two World Cups, like genuinely, we're talking about like the highlights of his career. What we are going to be talking about in 20, 30, 40 years' time when Mbappe's long retired, it very well could be four years ago and Sunday, if that yeah. is the scenario. And the second thing I want to say is, like, we're – and you can answer this too. 
I think if France wins, it puts them in a whole different level in terms of teams, um, like where their team falls in best teams of all time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because Italy and Brazil are the only two, the Brazil sides I mentioned, and then Italy in thirty four, thirty eight. Um, the only two teams to win two back-to-back world cups. It's an extremely hard thing. And that was the reason I didn't pick France initially. I've been since sold on them. Um, but it would put them on an entirely different level in terms of not only the best international teams, but one of the best football teams of all time with one of the best managers too. I I would agree. I would agree with all that. I I think if France win this game, it immediately puts them in the conversation for the best international side ever assembled. You look at the, you know, between the 2018 to the 2022 France, it's like not super unchanged. A lot of the spine is still there. You know, there's like younger guys in, different guys out, you know, et cetera. But I think for the most part, you look at these teams, you, you're you putting this France team in the conversation with like Brazil, or not Brazil, with, uh, yeah, with like Brazil, those, yeah. those Brazil teams yeah, that we all think about with like Spain between 2010 and 2012. You're putting them in the conversation with giants of the game teams that, you know, people think about as like the pinnacle mm-hmm. of football there, there, you know, this France team is in the, will be spoke of in the same breath as like Pep Guardiola's Barcelona, you know, teams yeah, like that, that the have done the these like the unspeakable, not unspeakable, unf- unfathomable feats in, you know, in, in, yep. in respects to like where they're competing. So no, I absolutely agree. I think this is, this is a game that could catapult this French team to like the front of international football in terms of like all-time greats. The I am sold on France, as I said. The the thing that's holding me back about France, and it's a little bit intimidating, is that I think France had an easier final in 2018 against Croatia. I mean, they scored four goals. Uh, they really weren't tested, especially at the end, and. Argentina were in that 2014 final. I know there's not many leftover pieces from that, but Messi knows what it felt like. There are guys on the team kind of just that were around. Um, and I, I think that'll stick in guys like Messi's head. And I think that might give him a little bit of an edge. And, you know, the fans as well. Fans play a big part in finals like this, just with the, the ambiance and the crowd and the nervousness and all of this stuff. I think that could play a factor. Um, as much as I want to see a Brighton player lift the world cup trophy and go back to Brighton and Hove, uh, being one of the best players at the world cup. How funny would that be? Um, I do have France. I do have Le Bleu in, in the final on Sunday. Um, I feel so impartial to this cause like my Acadian pride is just coming out. I just want to be French and eat a baguette by the Eiffel tower and cheer. On like that Le dude Bleu. in the crowd, like that, like that dude <laughs> in the crowd. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to, reverse my pick for Argentina to win the entire tournament. I'm just going to ride with France. I uh, I like the prospect of Mbappe winning. I know you're a messy guy, so you got to ride the other way. I am not changing how I felt at day <laughs> one of this tournament. I, I appreciate it. Um, this game, it really, and we're talking about it in absolutes, like we know how this game is going to go down or be played like any final. Like we talked about the FA Cup final, the Champions League final, we know nothing until a ball is in play and the game actually gets played out. These finals are too hard to call, and it probably could go a million different ways than what we just talked about. There's going to be drama, there's going to be goals, there's going to be some of the best footballers on the planet uh, in Qatar over the course of 92, 100 and 
40 minutes because you have to two of the most dramatic teams too i would hit if you're a betting man hit the over on the amount of cards all day because there's probably 20 cards in this there's gonna be a uh, there's either gonna be a lot of cards there's gonna be no cards we'll see yeah that's true that's true um but yeah man i like you know I'll, i'll double down taking argentina i think messi's winning the world cup i think he's ending the debate on sunday he's closing the book um He's scoring a goal, and he's winning the golden ball. That would be a great finish, and one that would uh, definitely cement his legacy. Uh, not that it needs cementing, but it would do. It would be a, it would be a storybook ending for him. So hmm. I don't think anyone catch me, can cheer against that. Maybe catch me crying happy tears in Bissell Brothers if Argentina win the World Cup. <laughs> Facts. Um, head down to all the local bars wherever you're watching in Portland. Go down, watch the game, have a good time, drink some pints with the lads. We're going to be watching the game in Portland somewhere. Uh, somewhere. somewhere. I said Bissell, but I actually don't know if we're going to Bissell. <laughs> I, have no, I have no plan. Me and Pat will be together somewhere filming content. So, Mitch, too, Mitch probably. Too. Mitch will probably be there. Yep. We'll have the boys around. Um, back to normal episodes next week, guys, and we're back to club football. I personally couldn't be – I'm not a big international football guy. I like the U.S., but at the end of the day, it's hard to predict. It's kind of daft and boring. I'm ready for fucking Liverpool, Man City. Get back on the wagon. Mm, I cannot wait for club football to get back genuinely. Yeah, my heart just flutters a bit when it's Liverpool, and international footy doesn't get me going the same way. So I want to I want to sing the Holland song again. It's been a whole oh. month since I've been able to sing the Holland song. Uh, that's true. That's true. Okay, that was episode 18, I believe. World Cup final preview. Um, like, share, subscribe to the thing. You know what to do. We'll see you next week. Vamos, Argentina. Deuces.